0: So uh, we are doing something totally different today. You can tell because I'm wearing a blazer, right? What in the world is happening? <laughs> Hi, my name is Michael. Um, <laughs> I'm going to start by reading Exodus 40, and then I'm actually going to invite our lead team up here, and we're going to have what Mike calls a fireside chat Uh, what Meg calls a state of the union, and I don't know what Nathan calls it. So here it is. We're going to end with Exodus 40. We just studied through Exodus, and I want to read you the last couple of verses, uh, Exodus 40, verses 36 to 38. Here's how it went. In all the travels of the Israelites, whenever the cloud lifted above the tabernacle... Now, somebody remind us what the cloud was. It's the presence of God. It's the person of God. That's right. Um, the person of the Lord Jesus in the Old Testament even. Fascinating. So whenever the cloud lifted from above the tabernacle, they, the people, would set out, all two and a half million of them on their 40-year camping trip. (laughs) Took a long time to set out, I imagine. But if the cloud did not lift, they did not set out until the day it lifted. So the cloud of the Lord was over the tabernacle by day and the fire was in the cloud by night in the sight of all the house of Israel during all their travels. So when the cloud moved, what did the people do? All right, I'm going to invite our lead team up because we are moving. Oh my goodness, you guys got this. So Mike and Nathan and Meg, you guys come up, join me. And I'm going to facilitate, I think, in some ways, um, ask them some questions, and they're going to answer. we hope. You know, I didn't think about introductions. Do we need to do introductions?) <laughs> So, okay, I I suppose I'm sitting here going, okay, we need to back this train up just a little bit. So Saltbox is governed by a group of overseers, okay? They're uh, current or retired senior pastors, and they'd step in if there was ever something uh, funny or strange or if I had any type of failure, they would step in and navigate. There's also a group of trustees who are like off-staff elders, and they handle the finances of the church because that's where a lot of times churches run amok, right? Um, And then there's a lead team, And the lead team is like on-staff elders. Now, because we've been a smaller church, this team is not yet on-staff, but they are the lead team. So we gather uh, with Carol. Carol, wave at us. There's Carol. Uh, She is my executive assistant. Everybody loves Carol. In fact, anytime you come ask me anything, I usually say, I don't know. Carol? Uh, So, but this is the team with Carol that meets every Monday morning for a couple hours. And if anything's happening in Saltbox, guess who decided it? Thank you, Hank. <laughs> okay, you guys got it. All right, so uh, let's let's just open it up with a, uh, with a big question here, and I'm going to look right at you, Nathan. Uh, why are we moving?
1: That, that is a good question. Uh, I'll start off with a simple answer, which is we're moving because we're growing. So I'll unpack that a little bit. But, um, but really, I mean, the reason that we're moving to a new location is And as as many of you can attest to have been here and some that are new, we're moving because we're growing. Uh, And and I think as a whole, I want to really hit on on two things, especially as Michael kind of described from a lead team perspective. You know, when we think about growing, to be clear, uh, that's not just numbers, right? So, I mean, the the focus, the heart of Saltbox, right, is really the heart of people, right? I mean, what Jesus is after is the heart of every person in this room, of every person on this planet. So when we talk about growth, we don't think about growth in numbers. Right. We think about growth in terms of the depth of the hearts of people for Jesus. Right? And that can be every person in this room you know, and your relationship with him. So really, as we talk about growing, as we think about growing, it's not, oh, well, the room's too full. Although that is true. Um, you know, it's, hey, in addition to the room being full, you know, how is everyone's heart with the Lord? How is everyone's time with the Lord? You know, because we really believe, if, if you think even biblically, right, I mean, part of our call, part of the Holy Spirit in our lives should be that we're going to bear good fruit. Right. Well, like you can't bear a, fr- a tree doesn't bear fruit if it's not growing. Right. If it's not bearing fruit, it's probably dead or dying. Uh, and it bears bad fruit. Right. If it's not nutrition well. So as a whole, when we think about growth, you know, that's sort of our, the perspective that we take is first and foremost for everybody in this room, for everybody, you know, that calls sort of saltbox home for everybody that's a part of the church, whether it's saltbox or not. You know, how do we make sure that the relationship with the Lord is great, that that's growing? And I think as a whole, right, I mean, it, and many of you that I that I know and get to speak with. You know, your heart uh, in and of itself is to grow with the Lord. So with that said, one of the things that the Lord can do and obviously is doing for us is increasing numbers. So part of why we're moving is not just because of the spiritual growth that's happening that we're obviously happy about and want to continue to foster um, but it's also because the numbers are growing. So you know what we often see on a Sunday is you know, folks start to come in you know, and whether it's you know at, at 10 o'clock exactly or you're, whether you're shuffling in a little bit after, what happens is those that are shuffling in a little bit after, um, I'd say just about every Sunday, probably since December, if you look in the back, you'll see some folks coming around 10:15, and they kind of look around, and they go, well, I don't know how much I want to hold hands with everybody, given the impact of how tight it is, but you know, we'll go, we're here, let's go ahead and you know, sort of squeeze in. Um, so what we don't want to have happen right is that sort of feeling, and we want, make, we want to make sure that everybody feels like they have room and space to be here and is welcome.
0: We actually had some people at our house this past weekend, and one of the things they said was, the parking lot keeps filling up, and we're having to call people that are coming, telling them there might not be room. Um, So I was actually listening to that, and in some ways probably just encouraged, like, okay, this is definitely the right move. So Mike, question for you. Why aren't we staying here?
2: So in addition to the obstacles when you walk in the door and you can't find a seat or the obstacle of pulling into the property and, and you have to park out by the road or whatever. Um, there are things that other locations provide for us. Um, one of the things that um, we've done over the years is, is be portable. Um, just by show of hands, have, have any of you served with a portable church before? A few, Okay. And, and some of you that serve with Portable Churches, did you have the ability to roll boxes off a trailer, or did you carry things in? A little bit of both? Yeah. So um, there's a difference between being portable and what we're calling the Portable Church. And um, what we want to do is, is be able to scale and um, not make it a burden for the congregation. So... Um, and we'll get more into this a little bit later, uh, what portable church actually looks like. Um, but the idea here is to make this efficient, um, to give give people opportunities to serve, uh, but not be a burden. And, and I mentioned earlier during the announcements, you've got cards, right? Um, please consider serving uh, as we become a portable church. Um, if you're interested in doing that, um, that word will get back to me eventually. Um, but we want to... Uh, be an efficient, portable church, and and not something that becomes a burden. Because ultimately, we want to build relationships with each other and with Jesus, okay? And if all we're doing is is griping about how much effort it is to set up church, that's a little (laughs) bit hard to do.
0: Great, thank you. Um, I'm, I'm going to tag on just to that question. This property has gone up for sale, um, and we did make an offer on it. They want more than um, is, is doable for us at this point. Um, so it looks to us as a lead team like the cloud has moved. And when the cloud moves? So we've spent a lot of time looking around the city at different places and spaces and rentals and you know, long-term rentals, And uh, so, which probably brings me to the next question. Why have we settled on to Roland Grace? And uh, I'm not sure who I should throw that one to. Which one of you wants that? (laughs) Nathan? (laughs) I I
1: guess I do. Um, Yeah, so to your point, I mean, we we looked at a lot of different locations. You know, I think...
0: Even made some offers.
1: Even made some offers. Um, For
3: the record, I voted for the skating rink. (laughs) (laughs) Fun people in the room, your voice was heard, okay? true. We couldn't afford that either.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, that's absolutely right. So, yeah, exactly. We made offers... You know, I I think there were were preferences that we had, and I think, you know, as Michael said, part of the nature of falling in the cloud, right, is is being open to the Holy Spirit and saying, all right, Lord, you know, close the doors that are meant to be closed and open the doors that are meant to be open, and let's take that sort of Pauline approach and trust that the Lord is going to guide us to the right destination. You know, and um, and some of this even gets into, you know, some of why we have the two locations. But you know, Roland Grice, when we when we look around. One financially, you know, was a great place for us and a great choice. But it also was a place that allowed us to really have the kind of room and the kind of opportunity that we were hoping for. So, you know, when you think about something like Roland Grice, for example, it sits what 650 people. So, yeah. six 650 people uh, in the main auditorium. It's got a huge gymnasium, which is amazing for kids, which is super important to us. Um, you know, it's got a great location. You know, other great kids areas and everything else. And I think one of the challenges, right, that we run into is. Because we are a church that is growing, uh, and the Lord is growing us, you know, quite rapidly, uh, and even in the kids area, it's you know it's important to us to make sure that we're not sort of crammed into one space. Hmm. So, from a Roland Grice perspective, um, that was you know I'd say that was one of the places that we really felt the Lord was taking us to. Um, and I guess I'll I'll pause. There. I don't know if there's anything you want to add. Or
0: yeah, I'm looking at the gymnasium. I mean, what kind of ministry we can do? In fact, we should probably point at Adrian here. Adrian Beatty, will you wave at us or yell at us or jump up or something? She. She is our new uh, kids director, and I don't know if Matt's here today, your husband, but um, he, he, she, we're so excited to welcome her onto our team and the things she's already doing to train kids, volunteers, and to lead that team and what that. So we have a full, I guess, gymnasium, a full cafeteria, and then like an art room and an orchestra room. So it really creates a lot of space um, for our kids to sort of go do and be. Um, so I'm, as, as we looked around with the money, I think, that was available, we went, this is probably the best um the best use of of time and energy is is to head to roland grice um so we sort of opened the other door why do we have or you mentioned why there's two locations so we've also done a five-year lease um, on a space that's off of randall parkway down college road um, right across kind of from uncw down randall um, off it's called burnt mill i guess uh, a little complex Um, we're calling it the salt box hub so Burnt Mill, the Saltbox Hub; those are kind of interchangeable. Um, but so we've we've leased that as a permanent five-year lease, in addition to Rolling Gray. So Meg, you want to speak to that? Why are we doing both?
3: Yeah, it, it sounds a little um, strange to have two locations, but the fact of the matter is, Burnt Mill is amazing space. You're going to be really excited when you see it. Um, the main—I don't want to say auditorium, but there's a big meeting area that actually, when you see it. You're gonna say that makes so much sense, especially for student ministry. I mean, there's already built in like the drums already set up, and there's a stage area, and there's a um, a garage door on the back. And um, I think it was Cynthia that was saying I can just picture this garage door being open and like skateboards flying in and out of this place. You know, it's just it's a super cool space. Um, it also has meeting rooms, so you can have some privacy um, if as we start home groups, as we start community groups, things like that, um, and maybe. I don't know maybe your home just isn't conducive right now to hosting a group okay well we have some overflow space celebrate recovery will be meeting there um but our whole church can't fit in that space so sundays were kind of becoming a pinch as we were thinking about it so that's why sunday is simply at rolling grice and then pretty much the life of Saltbox will happen at burnt mill throughout the week
1: yeah i mean and i, I would even add to that too that um, one of the things that I think is really neat and special about Saltbox is the vision that Michael carries for it, because when we think about you know the community, right? I mean, we, we are the body, you know, the body of the Lord. Uh, it's not just about being a local body, right? I mean, it's about impacting the global church. And I realize it's sort of strange at times to, to say that, um, you know, and think about it the size that we are. But I mean, in reality, right? I mean, the Lord impacted the global church and started the global church with twelve people. Certainly, with more than that, Come on. we can probably do more than that. <laughs> Um, so, and, and I think there's an important aspect, right, of of that where, you know, Roland Grice is, a, is an awesome location for a Sunday, but let's be real, church isn't just about Sundays, you know, and yeah. I think that's where what's been awesome about this location is it's it's a permanent fixture. So when we were talking about, hey, what, like, what does moving look like? You know, let's not just be a portable church, right? And I think that's even some of the reason why we, like, like when it comes to the language, like Mike was, Michael was saying, Mike, sorry. To, he's
2: Michael. He's Michael, I know. It's
1: the... Like Mike was saying, um, you know, there's, we don't want to just call it portable church, right? Or we're calling that location more, hey, we're doing some portable church there. But in reality, we still have a permanent fixture because we want to be able to have a hub. We want to have a hub that can impact the city. We want to have a hub that all of us can feel like we can still call home on a regular basis. We want something that we can also establish as a hub where we can really send out for new ideas, whether it be ministry ideas or what have you, that anybody in the audience, you know, anybody in the congregation brings up. Uh, or things that you know that the Lord gives us that we've already sort of talked about, which we'll sort of share in, in a little bit
2: so that auditorium slash sanctuary at the hub will see two hundred to three hundred people, which is bigger than this room right here. The problem is uh, if you put three hundred people in that room, the number of kids that come with those three hundred people won't fit in those kids' classrooms, so if we limit the size of the Sunday congregation to fit the kids, we, we maybe get 150 people in there, maybe 100. So, so that's the problem. The, the sizes of the classrooms don't match the size of the congregation. Um, Roland Grice um, opens everything up for us. We, we could have more kids than adults at Roland Grice if we need to. <laughs>
0: And, and kids keep growing and growing. I mean, it's been a great, uh, we keep looking at each other going, oh, my goodness, we're running out of space back here. What do we do? So so this begins to answer those questions. Um, so strategically, I would say when you look at sort of the growth of a church, once a room is 80% full, you always go to two services. And, and you guys, I'm going to say you guys, have decided that we should stay with one service uh, and go right from here into... <laughs> Y'all got to clap on that.
3: Like, the reality was, he said, portable church, and it was a collective, oh, no, because anybody who's ever done it, it's a lot, and you start early in the morning. And so we keep using that word, and y'all probably don't know what that means, but we'll go into more detail, right, about what portable church means. We actually hired a company to help us so that everything, ladies, Think, mommy, organizational skills. Right now is where my head's going. It all fits in a box. (laughs) It's all like on wheels, literally, literally. Toy tubs on wheels is where my head's going with that. So,
0: no, tell us more about that because that's really the next, the next spot. So, we have contracted with a group called Portable Church. I keep calling it Mobile Church, but it's Portable Church. Um, So, Mike, you probably have the most experience with Portable Church, the actual company. Speak to why. Why have we contracted with them? What are they going to help us do? Sure. And, and I have no
2: experience with the company. Correction there, Michael. <laughs> I have years, Noted. years of, experiencing, uh, of experience setting up church. And, and Portable Church has figured this out. Um, Roland Grice has been the home to a number of churches in the city. And that is a, a great venue because when you're portable, you need trucks and trailers and and this company has got it down to a science. Um, of course, we need trucks, but anyways, that's that's a whole different story. But the trailers are packed in a way that that makes the loading and unloading very efficient. You you basically back a trailer up to a, a ramp or a door, and a handful of guys, 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 <laughs> will show up at seven thirty. Were you asking for
0: volunteers there?
2: No, no. <laughs> But if it came across that way, you have a card in your hand. <laughs> um, you would you'd show up at 730, and that's what time we're going to start set up at Roland Grice. And, and you would roll these carts into the different areas, the auditorium, the cafeteria, the gymnasium, uh, infant toddler room, and everything is self-contained, and it makes it so much easier. Um, we We don't want, again, church to be a burden, but we want it to be a place where we can grow, get connected. When... I last set up at Roland Grice, um, actually, when I stopped setting up at Rolling Grice and we moved into a permanent facility, I was a little bit saddened, to be honest, because there was so much camaraderie uh, when you show up early in the morning with a bunch of guys and, and you work, um, you be the hands and feet of Jesus together. Um, when, when we went to a permanent facility after that, it was, it, there was something lost there. Um, but that's how the portable church works, and, and we're going to do it right we just might not do it right on day one. On, <laughs> on that
0: um, note, Nathan. Is that the saltbox way? <laughs> so, Mike, uh, before Nathan takes it, because I can see Nathan's about to take it, uh, can gals or girls come with the guys to help set up hey, in the morning? No. <laughs> but, I, come on. I think Meg was about to do it like, you know, come on, fist in the air. But then he Let's
3: see said it. 7.30, and I was like, all right.
0: Yes.
2: I, I say men and guys, but really it's um, not going to be men and just guys because um, women can do this work and do it very well. Um, Thanks for that, Mike. In addition to this, um, we're going to roll boxes into children's areas, and uh, men are generally afraid of little kids. So so the people that open these He's boxes... He's going to hit all
0: the stereotypes this morning. <laughs> <laughs>
2: This is why you don't put me on stage.
0: It's why I do, because we have everyone laughing.
2: Right. So, um, yeah, we're going to need not just men to, to move boxes and women to move boxes, but we're going to need folks to set up classrooms. And, and absolutely, women are welcome for this
0: setup. Nathan, you were going to take it somewhere.
1: Somewhere. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, so I guess I'll, I'll lower the expectations a little bit from boxes and all these wonderful things, which are coming. Uh, but will not be there on the twenty seventh. So, um, just just to set expectations, I'll, I'll run through a couple things. So, um, one, and, and even to take a little bit of a step back, because uh, I think it's just really important. You know, the awesome thing about growth is that it's really exciting, right? Um, it, it's exciting to be a part of what the Lord's doing. It's exciting to clearly see, you know, the Holy Spirit breathing on things. You know, the part like I'm I'm a sort of a I love growth and I love change. So I'm probably, I think I'm an anomaly. the The non exciting thing for most people about growth is it means change. Uh, and not just, you know, having folks help, you know, load and unload things and everything else. But, you know, the way that Saltbox looks, right, is, is going to be changing. You know, and I don't mean that as like a, oh, my God, don't, don't run away. Don't freak out. Like the church sort of fundamentally isn't changing, right? But the nature of being at a new location is that it's going to look different, right? The nature of going from sort of the size we are today to, you know, double that size, uh, you know, is that there's going to be some new systems that have to be in place. There's going to be things, right, that have to be in place, right? So, for example... When you come in here, like, we don't really have any signage because we don't really need to direct you anywhere because you only have two options. Right? You can look to your left and you can look to your right and you're like, all right, well, I'm not a kid so I'm probably going to the right, right. Or you are and you're probably going to the left. You know, when it comes to a place like Roland Grice, it's a much larger facility. So you're gonna see things like signage. Uh, and that's not us you know, trying to produce church, if you will. I mean, I think at the, at the heart and sort of the core of Saltbox and what we're doing here, and I think really what the Lord has sort of called us to do is it's to be raw. It's to be authentic. It's to have some of that grit. It's to be transparent, uh, much like why we're even having this today. And, it, and it's really to, and it's really to make sure that, like, we all make up the church, right? This isn't a production. This isn't just content that we're trying to produce. Um, so, I just I want to set some of that expectation because you're going to start to see some things that are required for any organization that's growing, you know, um, just so that way it's clear and so that way as more people come in, like I said, you know where to go and things like that. Um, but. I also want to sort of set the challenge out for everybody you know that's in the room for, for, for folks that are online or watching later ultimately what makes up Saltbox, right is everybody here you know, it's it's the congregation it's the church and it's everybody's heart and ideals towards the fact that sorry, sorry and ideals towards the fact that like we want to be raw we want to be authentic we want to be fiercely relational it's about jesus right we we don't just say just jesus and focus on jesus because it's fun it's because that's really truly what it's about it's our relationship with him it's our relationship with with each other that drives us to him Uh, so it takes all of us and that's sort of a challenge to make sure that as we grow as a church that we keep and maintain that right and if you guys see or feel like some of that is not happening then you have full permission to reach out to any of us and say, "Hey, you know, we used to do this a little bit. You know, why are we not doing this?" And it might be for like, for growth reasons. Maybe it has to look a little bit different. But let's hold each other accountable because I want to make sure as we're moving to this new facility, while it looks different, the culture, what makes Saltbox sort of at its core, at the heart, that, you know, what it is, should not change. Um,
0: you see why I trust this crew.
1: <laughs> it's good. It's good. So sorry, that was a change. So anyway. Um, <laughs> When it comes to Portable Church as a whole, the other thing that I would say is, so March 27th is when we're launching there. Um, Because of supply chain and all those other fun things that we're all sick and tired of hearing about, um, what that will be, I'd say, is not going to be sort of the fullness of what we want rolling grass to be, if that makes sense. So you're gonna see some signage, you're gonna see some other things. We will not yet have the fancy rolling carts uh, that make it really fast and easy. You know, The goal in working with Portable Church that we set is we want to make sure that we can set up and tear the, tear down the church um, you know, at Roland Grice in about one hour with 14 people. So again, the intention of being at Roland Grice is not to put on a massive show. It's to make sure that we can you know, roll out the necessities and all come together and encounter the Lord and you know pack that thing up and, you know, and leave in a very quick order. Um, but what that means is that I think it's June is really when you'll start to see sort of the, the true kind of initial phase, if you will, of what we want that experience to look like uh, start to come to fruition. And that's amazing kids' areas so we can invest in kids in wonderful ways. That's improving you know, the auditorium area. So for example, on, on the 27th, I don't know what, exactly how we're gonna do it yet, but like, these things you'll see, these two projectors behind us that help us read you know, the lyrics and everything else, are not sufficient size for that size auditorium. Nonetheless, we'll probably have to use them for a month or two. Um, cool, we can go to that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, we you know we need to add more to that, right? So in June we'll start to have more of those things like larger projectors and everything else come into place. Um, what this also means, and, and we'll can kind of cover this in more depth, is there's a few phases that that we're working uh, working through. So phase one is is sort of what's next. We're kind of in phase zero, right? That's the June timeline. Um, but when we talk about the growth of the church and what we're wanting to do as a whole, uh, Roland Grice is awesome. The sort of phase zero or initial launches, you know, is going to be great you know, baby steps from March 27th into June. Uh, but there's a lot more that we really want to do, and that's kind of the phases that you see up there. Um, you don't have to memorize this. We will send this out in an email with the graphics. I, I appreciate the taking the picture so you don't forget. Um, but what, I wa- what we also want to highlight here too is, you know, there there is a large vision for what we want to accomplish. Uh, and we are being, uh, you know, good stewards of the finances and, and wanting to be responsible there. Uh, and that's why you even see the phases, right, is because we're saying, hey look, you know, we're starting with something that we think is going to be a wonderful upgrade from where we are today. Um, that said, there's a lot more that we really want to do, starting with our kids, frankly, because you know, I, don't know, I, I would say they're most important, right? I mean, ensuring that you know that Adrian has everything that she needs to really uh, make sure that all of our kids are taken care of. You know, that youth and other things can grow. We really want to focus there first, which is why you sort of see that in phase one. Um, I'll pause because I feel like I've been talking a bunch, and we threw this up slightly early. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no I think it's great do you want to do you want to go ahead through the three phases sure
1: so, um, so yeah so phase two really uh, let,
0: let me also just tag in here because um, phase zero is what we've really already funded and paid for out of our existing budget correct and so we've set up three existing phases uh, that will help outfit both Rolling Grice and the new space over at uh, burnt mill or the salt box <laughs> hub so anyway take it away
1: yeah no you're absolutely right um, so phase one is sort of finishing out and rounding out some of the tech and beginning to invest in some of those kids' areas. And the tech side is really, we're, we're taking pretty much all the equipment that we have here today and using that to roll and grise. So we intentionally sort of designed all of this stuff such that we could reuse it. But again, when it comes to something like a projector, these projectors just won't work in that room. Um, so it's, it's upfitting small things like that so that way you know, everybody can read lyrics and things of that sort. Uh, it's outfitting uh, like the, the elementary or the, I guess the second to fifth grade area with even their own sound systems so our kids can begin to enjoy things like worship and things like that. Um, So that's sort of phase one is really, I'd say really pushing it to kind of the first level, if you will, of what we really want that to look like. Uh, And then phase two is amping up the kids' area as a whole. So, you know, it's bringing in new equipment for that sort of space. It's bringing in TVs and other things like that. Um, So there's an an awesome curriculum that Adrian and team have put together. There's just a lot of really, uh, really exciting spaces there. It's adding in, Things like a nicer nursing mother's room. So there's different things like that, right, that are really important when we th- when we talk about a Sunday. That you know we may not start with exactly how we want it to be, and that's where we're kind of wanting to continue to just improve that experience in ways that, frankly, from all of you, we've heard are important. Uh, and then the last one is really that phase three, which is the hub. So first and foremost, right, we're wanting to make sure that you know what everybody comes to on a Sunday is really to the place that we want it uh, from a saltbox standpoint and a place that really helps people focus on Jesus and helps new folks coming in, you know, be able to experience you know, the awesome presence and power of Jesus. And once that's all set, you know, we'll really shift to the hub, to the Brent Mill location uh, and start to outfit that a little bit more because there's a lot of awesome and exciting things that we have planned there, not just youth, but wanting to get into you know, more uh, like monthly worship nights and things like that that will take equipment and, thing, and things of that sort to really make it awesome.
0: Great. Mike, do you or Meg have anything to add on that, sort of the phases and the, the launch there?
3: And a lot of the the things I think you're mentioning, it sounds like cha-ching, 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 but there's, there's something to be said, because I want you to picture with me for a second, to removing distraction. So picture the orchestra room with all the instruments out, which our volunteers have to push towards the side and cover in scuba wall so that our children are not <laughs> breaking stuff in the school right so a lot of these expenses and you'll see as we roll out portable church it's not just for the sake of adding bells whistles ding- nobody's gonna forget that they're in a middle school the smell will bring you back okay <laughs> Like, and that's the beautiful thing about the church being the church it's not a building it's a people okay come so on We start to get our bridges get a little big. We need to remember where we are, and I think the middle school is such a beautiful representation of that. Our church is a teenager, essentially, right? So great, okay. So I think just keep that in your mind. When when you're looking at these numbers and you're thinking about tech and all that, a lot of it's just so we don't have to think about it. Does that make sense? Okay. So if I'm sure if I'm
0: sitting happens. out in the uh, in, in our congregation this morning and I'm looking at this and I'm going okay uh, I give a regular you know whatever tithe or, or offering, um, but I'm looking at the need and I want to go hey I want to help outfit the main auditorium or one of the kids spaces if I came to you all at the picnic that's going to happen later could you show me some of what is happening in those kids spaces and then could I write a check in your market? I mean is that a is that a realistic thing Yes. Just checking,
1: and, and and I mean, and even to that point, I mean, part of why we're showing this is transparency, right? So, to to be perfectly clear, you know, we we've got a budget in place, you know, that we are working through. These things will happen, right? I mean, this is part of the vision of the church. This is part of what we want to accomplish. These things will happen. Uh, some of them they may not ha- may not happen this year, based on the budget. In fact, none of those will happen this year, based on the budget. To be transparent, uh, but why we're showing it, right, is because this is the heart of where we're you know, of part of where we're going. And you know, Michael, to your point. You know, if somebody if, if somebody's saying, Hey, I'd love to help this happen faster, that's frankly why we're putting numbers behind it. You know, it's if you if you want to give, if you like the Lord's calling you to that, that's awesome. At the same time, you know, we're managing the budget of the church such that this will be accomplished. It just may not, you know, happen in as fast as a timeline of as we would like, but it might be the right timeline for the Lord.
0: You know, I'd probably want to say, and you didn't put a number on what was given last year, but we just so, so we always take ten percent off of everything that's given. So the gross number that's given at Saltbox over an entire calendar year, at the end of that year, we take 10% and we scoop it off and we distribute it around the world to anyone who we think is doing church or inspiring local indigenous people and churches in really, really great ways. So Carol actually oversees all that. Wave at us again, Carol. Um, But the... The distribution of that, and and we've just given I think forty five thousand dollars, forty eight thousand dollars to people all to churches um, all around the world. So that is yeah. Let's more to come on where some of that went, Um, but I think it's just so powerful for you all to know as a church. Like we're not just um, we are truly a funnel, right? we are funneling in but we are also giving out and blessing and extending and uh, so i'm i can't tell you how proud i am of a lead team and a trustee team that would vote and authorize that type of generous giving for the size church we are I and mean, that's amazing yes. Yes. thank you jesus and thank you all
1: yeah i was going to say I mean it's powered by i mean y'all's generosity right? i mean what what we give is out of what you give so
0: Okay, uh, so we've we've sort of talked about phases we we really didn't hit the saltbox vision, which I probably should have done before we put that up there and talked about it, but that's okay. Um, a- anything else on phases? okay. Um, so, Saltbox Vision. So, if you, if you were to go to our website, we've, we've put a, a, like, just statement together that says, we believe that we are called to lead people to become fully surrendered disciples of Christ. Two of those words are real churchy, surrendered and disciple, right? And so, it's like, what does it mean to be surrendered, and what does it mean to be a disciple? And we've wrestled with, do we put that in, like, more common language or whatever? But, but here's the thing. In many ways, I don't think we as a church are trying to do something new. We're actually trying to do Something old. I'm not trying to be new or cool or hip or what. No, no, I actually want to help you and engage and embrace a relationship with Jesus. What? I said, We're just agreeing it. with you. <laughs> no
3: coolness here.
0: Um, cool's what happens when you're not trying. <laughs>
3: I texted Nathan you. after that worship set. I was like, your wife's officially the cooler of the two
1: of you. Uh, <laughs> officially. Completely true. I, yeah, I knew that already. Married up. <laughs> the red vase. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, so the statement is to lead people to come fully surrendered disciples of Christ. But beyond that, the heartbeat and sort of the essence of, I think, who we are as a church is we want to build tools and systems that empower the larger capital C church. What? What did he say? Okay. So that yellow truck that's sitting out there is a tool. And right now we don't even have enough drivers and coffee baristas to keep up with the amount of people that are calling us to come serve coffee. Now, so we take that truck out because it's an evangelism tool. So hang with me here. So that truck rolls and its entire purpose is to share Jesus and serve coffee that is, it is a, it's, it's like a, a um, breaking of the model of, hey, we set up church and invite you. No, 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 we actually want to take church to you, right? You are the church, we are the church, so the idea is that we get out beyond these walls and take church to people. Well, What's happening is we're having like apartment complexes and businesses call us and say, hey, will you come serve us yellow truck coffee? And we're like, like, you're going to let us come serve coffee and share Jesus with the people that live in your apartment complex? Yes. Yes. Now, and we fund that truck by selling beans out there, so you can buy beans if you'd like, right? Now, uh, but here's the thing. There's churches around America, we'll just focus on America for just a minute, that are actually dying. The church as a whole is actually in decline and is dying, and we're living in a post-Christian culture. This is no big deal. Like a lot of Christians are wringing their hands over it and freaking out. It was no different when Paul was preaching Jesus in Rome, I assure you. It was a lot darker and a lot gnarlier than it is right now. So if it gets worse, the light will get lighter. So what happens? We're going to continue to be Jesus, right? So the point of the yellow truck is actually not just that we would engage and serve Wilmington. That is a point, Whoops. But a secondary point of the yellow truck is actually that we would build a franchisable tool that if there's a little church sitting in wherever, Raleigh, North Carolina or upstate New York, that would say, hey, we've gotten ingrown as a church, we've gotten inward focused as a church, and we want to reinvigorate our people towards evangelism and community engagement. Will you bring us a yellow truck and set up a franchise up here so that we can run yellow truck and reach our city? And our answer is... Absolutely, that's what this is all about. So, the idea here is that we would actually build things like Yellow Truck, and it's just in its infancy state out there. It's like, you know, just little, little, but guess what happens to little people? They grow up. That's going to grow and it's going to become. And the idea is that we would build a number of tools like that that we could actually put in the hands of the local church so that they could build their church. In other words, it doesn't begin and end with Salt Box. You hear me? Like salt box is going to be long gone. Old bald Michael's going to pass away and go meet Jesus. And we're, yeah. The idea is that we actually leave a legacy, not on our name or a person's name or even a book, but we actually empower and inspire the global church. Like if it's not a vision that we can live and die for, I can't even be a part of it. I'm like, come on, Lord Jesus, do something here with us, people like us, and empower us to get behind things that not only change this city, but empower and start changing churches and cities elsewhere. We don't need our name on it. You hear me? Come on. God will get behind that because when a people stop elevating a person or persons and stop elevating an idea or the brand name of a church and start elevating Jesus, that's what the Spirit of God gets behind. I mean, that's what I'm like, if that's happening, I'm in. If that's not happening, guess what? I'm going to beat you to the door. Total truth. Okay, that's the vision of Saltbox really so to lead people in wilmington to become fully surrendered disciples of christ to engage this city to transform this city that in 10 20 30 years when we look back we go oh my goodness i can't believe what jesus did but also to put tools in the hands of the global church to empower them to reach their cities right that's the vision i don't have a question to ask y'all i got to look at my paper i
1: don't think i don't have anything to add to that
0: Okay. So that's the vision. (laughs) It's a good vision. It's got to be worth dying for. Like, it's just got to be. And this relationship with Jesus is worth giving everything to, worth investing everything we have on, and worth calling everybody else into. Because man, I don't know anybody that has hope and joy, really. Like, I don't even know how people do it, but we have hope, and we have joy, and the more contagious, hope-filled, joy-filled people we are, that's what changes a city. We can do this, not because of he's special or she's special, but because him in us, right? Yes. Come on, Jesus. All right. Okay. Uh, next question. We'll try to get back to the formal interview mode. Okay. Uh, salt box is growing. We've said that. Um, how is that growth being managed, and who's overseeing it? You want to speak to that, Meg, just the accountability portion of this whole thing? As an overseer? Or sure. Any way you want to address it. Any,
3: how are we managing growth? Yeah. <laughs> and, well, and, oversight. and oversight. And oversight. I
0: just know that's important to you.
3: It is important to me. Does, is it important to anybody else that yeah. you know where our resources yeah. go? Yeah. 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 And I think who are our like real concern? whatever, Methodist, Presbyterian, you know, the the number was like on the wall growing up. Do you remember that? Your churches did that? Mine too. That's how I grew up. We knew exactly how much was given each week and how many people attended. And then there was the monthly meeting or whatever where all the adults would argue about stuff. And I would go eat the cookies that all the ladies had brought. (laughs) And then growing up, sometimes you go to a church and they never talk about money. Like, where did it all go? Who's in charge here? And it feels very secret and weird, you know? So we're trying to strike a balance here where it's like, we're not burdening you with every single detail of what's going on, but generally speaking, at any given time, you can know exactly where we stand as a church. The same thing goes with the structure of leadership here. Um, We do have overseers, we do have elders. If Michael goes crazy, he's out, right? (laughs)
0: That's true. Like the entire job of the overseers is if I had a moral or a financial or some other failure or breakdown, they would step in and hold the helm and make sure this didn't get wonky, and they'd put somebody else in. Saltbox is not about Michael. It's about Jesus.
3: And the same thing goes for us. We, you know, we have to fool yep. her out. So it's good that there's accountability there. And we have names and faces to this accountability. And the goal is, if we step out of line, of course, we hope you'll tell us, right? And just say, hey, what's going on with this? And each other, that we're honest. But there are systems in place, guys, for safety and structure, and making sure that we're being good stewards of everything that's been given, because this is an incredibly generous body. And thank you. And there's a lot of responsibility to managing that well. We take it seriously.
0: So. Nathan, would you speak to just the, the idea of um, can we afford the current move that we're making? So both the new Saltbox Hub, the Burnt Mill location, and Roland Grace, and then Portable Church.
1: Yes. Um, sorry. I'll, I will start to answer that, and hopefully I'll hit all the things that you said. Um, so, yeah, I mean, so first and foremost, uh, just to give some some visibility without getting too much into the, to the depths of it. Um, so every year we go through a budgeting process where we have a, a board of trustees that basically... Look at the budget. Look at the things we proposed, and ask us you know ask questions. You know we have you know discussions around it, and then ultimately approve a budget, right? So it's not just you know this team up here saying, great, this is how much money we're going to spend this year. Um, you know we have sort of a formal process that we go through where things get approved, and even you know if we look like we're going to be over budget on something, you know we have to go back for approval on that or under or that sort of thing. Um, so when it came to planning for you know for this year. You know, really what we, what we did is we basically said, look, you know, we know there's gonna be some upfront investment that we're gonna need to make in order to make even this initial launch happen, right? So when we think about, you know, we, we threw the three phases up there, the sort of phase zero, right, or our launch, we've already invested know, uh, in a, a bunch of you know, the finances that you all have provided, you, know, you all have tithed to and given to with respect to this. Um, you know, we've already used that to help kind of drive this initial launch, um, so that way we can really make it an upgrade, so we can you know, drive towards all these things, this vision that we've been talking about. Um, But part of the reason for that, too, is we also wanted to make sure that, you know, that we're managing the finances of the church overall well. So as a whole, you know, we've gone through the budgeting process, and I won't sort of describe all the details of it. But the straight answer is we can, you know, we can afford it. I would say if you look at sort of the benchmarks, and I won't go into all of them, um, you know, we are spending more on building than ideally we would currently. Right. So, you know, I'd say there's, there's lopsided parts of the budget overall, but the good news of it as a whole is that, you know the Lord has been amazing in terms of agreement with this vision, as, as you all have been tithing to it, and you know we are in a financial situation, right, where you know we're not like we're not in the hole, we're not sort of in a bad spot by any means, and we've very very intentionally done that. Um, you know, and I would say just just even in, in um, the effort of transparency. So if you look at last year, um, you know you all gave four hundred and sixty-seven thousand dollars to Saltbox last year, which is pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, and that's yeah. Yeah, I mean that's that is well above the um, like the sort of the industry out so I get it, business guy like the industry <laughs> average, uh, you know of of what it looks like. And in fact, when we were talking with Portable Church, they're they're very used to working with like brand new church plants. So they have all these metrics and everything. And uh, and when we were talking with them, they were like, yeah, so you know, Roland Grice can probably fit so many people based on this many cars and blah blah blah. So you should expect you know X amounts in ties and so on. And I'm like, is is that is that really the standard? And they're like, yeah, it's about this. And anyway, and I sort of described, you know, what, you know what ours was, and I mean, they were they were very shocked. They were like, "Okay, well, they're like, you must be in a very unique location." I'm like, I don't know. The location is wherever the Lord wants us to be, and how He wants to breathe them. So, it. Um, amen. You know, and, and as a whole, I think it's really important to understand with that too. Um, you know, and I think this is a good thing for now. It'll be a, a harder thing later on. You know, the percentage of this year's budget. So, you know, we're at, we're operating very conservatively with it. Um, you know, but the percentage of this year's budget, only about 30% of that goes towards like personnel, right? So goes towards you know, uh, being able to have folks that are paid, like Michael and, uh, and others, that are doing things here. You know, none of which really makes up like the equivalent of a full salary, right, for somebody to be full-time. You know, and the reason I say that, so normally if you look at kind of the industry, and I know I'm, I'm a numbers guy, so I'm gonna try to end this quickly. Um, for folks that are like eyes glazing over, I can see it. Um, <laughs> So, like, your, your average, right, is usually, like, you're in, like, maybe the 40 to 45% range. So we're significantly under on that, really, so we can steward what you all are, are, are generously giving and put as much of it back into what the Lord is doing as possible. So, you know, and that's why I say, like, so much of it is going towards equipment. It's going towards the building. It's going back towards the community and you all and what you all are doing because very intentionally for where we're at, you know, we don't want to slow down what the Lord is doing. Uh, and we want to, you know, while we'll probably get to that point at some, at some time, we really want to make sure that we're stewarding well and that we're reinvesting well in, in everything that you all are agreeing with us on. So, Excellent.
0: Mike, do you have anything to add on that? I will. Um, some of you have attended
2: churches that, that send out church plants. And, um, in, in a lot of contemporary churches, you have to raise a significant amount of capital before you can go do that. Uh, some of the number, one of the numbers I've heard is like a quarter million dollars, and so you raise two hundred fifty thousand dollars, and you go to a city and you plant your church, and twenty or thirty people show up, right? And that just doesn't work. And and Saltbox is kind of the opposite of that. We're we're going to spend with this phase zero less than half of that, because we've got a room with two hundred people in it that we can't fit everybody. So, so that kind of gives you an idea of why we need to go somewhere else and are we stewarding your money wisely.
0: Well, one of the things, we didn't intend to go here, but I'm going to say it anyway, uh, but, but one of the things I love, Nathan led our building the budget for next year, and he built next year's budget based on 70% of this year's giving. You follow me? So it's like the way that this group thinks is so conservative and intelligent, not leveraging risk, not being foolish, not being, you know, just very, I mean, I've just grown to love and trust this whole group, our trustees. It's just a, it's an amazing group of people. And I think the Lord is really, I think he's really on the move. I I feel like I'm running to catch him, um, which is, which I think is a good place to be. It's where I want to be. So, okay, um, so I, I want to talk about how can we get more involved. We probably need to go there, Meg. Um, but before we do, let's talk about what else should we expect this year. Um, there's another slide back there, Yuri, I think. What else should we expect this year? Um, what else can you expect this year? Da-da-dun. Isn't there another slide, a vision slide? Oh, will you put it back up, up for me? I, I must not again. have seen it. Not the phases, the vision one. So there should be one more other than that. There it is. Okay. What else can you expect? We are in a, are in a spot of uh, open hands, open hearts before the Lord going, what else might you have us do? Could we have a worship night at the Burnt Mill location? Absolutely. Uh, could we eventually launch an evening service over there? Yes. We're in some discussions on, could we have an in-house counseling center over there? Yes. Come on, Denise. Come, little CR hoot right there. Um, we'll, we'll move our middle school, high school ministry over there. Uh, will we launch a college ministry over there? Absolutely. So as the Lord raises up the right people to do the right thing, there's all sorts of things that we would like to do. We'd like to build a discipleship school. We'd actually like to be a part of sending out church plants. Mike brought that up. What if someone comes to us and goes, hey, um, um, I want to be a part of launching a church. I want to plan a church. We want to be able to put them on a one- to three-year track and actually send them out with a team and some money and some support and maybe a yellow truck or another ministry initiative like that that would help engage their city. Um, so we're, we're also working towards small groups groups. groups. We've been working with a person who's probably going to step up and lead our small groups or house groups or community groups or whatever you want to call them, people that meet in houses instead of in the big church building. Um, And let's see, the the foyer over at the new spot over off Burnt Mill um, is going to be a yellow truck coffee shop. That's the way it'll be styled out so that during the week when we're open, you could pop by and and hang out and have a cup of coffee. Um, so I think that's, that's probably it, but is there vision for growth this year? Yes, absolutely. The bigger question is not what's the vision, it's what can we feasibly do and how fast can we feasibly do it. That, that's, that's really where we are, because we want to do everything we do really well. We want to count the cost before we build something, right? I think Jesus said that in Luke 14, 28, maybe. Who builds a tower without counting the cost? So, all right, let's get, um, let's get real practical here. Uh, Meg, how can this crowd or someone who's online get more involved? I'm
3: so glad you asked. This is my favorite part of all of it, right? You can unglaze from the finance talk now (laughs) for the fun people who want to get involved. (laughs) You see we have some um, categories up here on the screen, but you also have a form on your chair. Even if, please, even if your information is already in the planning center system, fill it out again, please, because we have a new team, type updating addresses, updating phone numbers, just for administrative purposes, please do that. Um, You do not have to, you can opt out of the emails, that's fine, there's a check mark, say no, don't email me, that's fine, too. But those will be passed along to all of the lead teams for the uh, separate sections of the church, along with the ones that maybe some of you filled out online. So thank you so much for doing that, for those of you who chose to go the electronic route. Um,
0: So you you might have said this and I missed it. Are they dropping it? Are we collecting this or are they dropping it in the salt box offering bucket, offering box? Let's put two people awesome. by the door to collect it. Yeah,
3: yeah. We'll collect them at the door.
0: Cynthia and Pedro, are you guys going to stand there after the service? No. <laughs> okay.
3: I will stand there by the door. Jimmy That's
0: and Melanie, fine. will you guys stand by the door and just collect these as people leave? All right, that'd yeah. be great. Thank you.
3: And then you can just expect to have a person, somebody contact you personally with that information about what it would look like to serve on a team or if you just want to join a group or something like that. So expect a personal contact after we collect all of your information.
0: Okay, last Sunday that we will meet here in this building, does everyone know? March 20th. The last Sunday we will be here is March 20th. March 26th is a Saturday and it's an all hands on deck move day. You can show up here. We're going to be moving out of here into the other location. We'll serve lunch that day. March 27th, where are we meeting? Rolling Grice, and we're already at our new Saltbox hub location, but we'll continue to move in there as we transition out of here. Um, Mike Lee, anything else we need everyone to know? Anything else we need everyone to know, just detail process-wise?
2: I'm just going to add on to uh, what Meg was talking about, just filling out the card and, and putting some information on there. Um, in a former life, I was in the military, and...
0: He was a I, colonel, I'm going to tell you.
2: And I taught college kids, and, um, you know, in the movies, lieutenants have that reputation. You know, they're the college graduates that have no idea what's going on, and it's true. Um, <laughs> and, and so when I was teaching college kids how to become Army officers, they would say, we're just going to go from point A to point B and not have a plan. And, and walking with Jesus is a lot like that. Um, we need to have a plan, and it takes some deliberate effort on that part, okay? Um, it starts with filling out that card. You don't just launch teams into the world and, and start, you know, um, coffee franchises and, and things like that. There, there's got to be baby steps in there. And so I would, I would encourage you to say, all right, I'm going to be the hands and feet of Jesus. How am I going to do that? Um, I'm gonna join a small group and study the Bible. I'm going to volunteer and, and serve in the kids ministry I'm going to roll boxes off a trailer and I don't have to be a man to do that <laughs> um, But but you have to have measurable baby steps as as we walk and mature in, in this walk with Jesus
0: okay. Excellent um, Okay, so we're getting ready to head out of here and have lunch in just a minute or two. Lunch is back at our picnic shelter. Uh, we hope all of you all will stay and join us. Um, uh, Meg, if someone is online or listening in arrears, how do they? How can they fill out that? Will that same survey card come in our email?
3: It's already been out in the uh, email a few different times, which is great. And I'll go ahead and follow behind and drop that link into the comment section of our live stream today.
0: Okay, great. Thank you. Um, Nathan, you have anything else you want to wrap up with? Nope. Mike? Okay, I'm going to do something, um, and I am going to, I'm I'm going to, uh, can we turn up the light? Yes. As soon as, (laughs) as soon as we're done, we will turn up the lights. That's a live stream thing. Um, Here's how we're going to end. Um, I'm going to end on my knees because this is all dependent on the Lord Jesus. Yeah. And I'm just going to sit here and we're going to pray it out like this. If you want to get on your knees or if you want to stand up or if you want to do whatever you want to do. Um, I, I, so sometimes I'll do this because it's, a, it's an external um, reflection of an internal heart posture. Okay. Humble on my knees before Jesus. And I'm also going to open my hand like that. Some of you might, well, it's weird. Why is he opening his hand? I'm opening my hand because I'm dependent on him. We're dependent on him. So we're just going to invite him to be a part Um, and to lead, to oversee, to go before and go behind this whole move. Can we do that? All right. Lord Jesus, um, it's all about you (laughs) from beginning to end. Father, there's nothing else we want. Lord, there's nothing else that we can even uh, are willing to invest our time, our money, our resources, our energy into except you, and Father, I pray that as we've shared today, we've, we've talked a lot, we've asked a lot of questions, answered a lot of questions. I pray that you would inspire and continue to launch a genuine move of your spirit here in Wilmington that would not just impact Wilmington, but it would impact churches all around. Father, I pray that you would actually call us to lift our vision higher, to see further, to care more, to trust you more deeply, and then to be a part of sending and inspiring and empowering the Capital C Church around the globe. Father, would you do something unique in our hearts and in our midst? And Holy Spirit, we would give you full and unequivocal access to convict, to change, to fill, to heal, to restore, to redeem, to empower, and to give us direction and purpose. Lord, we trust you because you're good. Father, as we exit this place to eat lunch, as we break bread together, Father, we, we know, we're reminded that we break that bread because you and your body We're broken on our behalf. Lord, I praise you for this church. I praise you for the genuine move of your spirit that's happening. And Lord, we say we are here for you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Now, last thing, and I'm going to dismiss us. This whole crew and Adrian and Carol are going to be all available out there having lunch. So guess what you can do? Ask any question you want. There's nothing off limits. We'll talk about absolutely anything. Sound good? Go, Jesus. We love you guys. We'll see you out at lunch.